Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, hello, everyone. I am Leif, and I have this great honor. And by the way, welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. I'm actually a little bit wasted because my friend uh, David Wagner, he's just been uh, ministering to me and uh, had some precious words. And I still feel (laughs) the the weight and the effect of that. So I'm very grateful. But uh, David Wagner is a very, very dear friend. He is a brother, covenant friend. I still remember in Australia, we sat there and I started to weep because I had lost some people and God says, I, I know you have lost somebody, but I've given you somebody. And when David was sitting there, I just realized that there was an empty part of my heart that got filled uh, with the David Wagner. So I'm so grateful for that covenant. And then he's married to Molly and he have five children, as well as now a grandson that is brand new. So David, uh, it is an honor to have you here. You are a true heart prophet. You are a lover. I know that you... <laughs> You are carrying this Father heart anointing. And every time I'm around you, the tsunami wave of love that is flowing out of you towards both God and people is so real. So I'm excited. I think that most of the people in our family, they know who you are. But uh, welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. Thank you, Leif. It's so good to see you and to be with you and uh, to be with the family. And uh, I've caught some of these family talks and they... Uh, they're life-giving, they're full of revelation and wisdom, uh, but most uh, they're filled with just the love of God. And so you walk away from these moments just refreshed and, and filled and encouraged. And so thanks for taking the time and making the sacrifice to do that for all of us. Thank you. And I know you are in Franklin, Tennessee, my friend, and I was just curious for you because I know that, uh, and, and by the way, I'm so sorry for the loss of your mother, uh, I think I was in Pakistan when that was happening or in Afghanistan, but I heard about it and, and we were weeping. But I know you have had some loss in this season. You have navigated a lot of the different storms that has been here. But if you want to give some wisdom to people that are out there, because I know that uh, the world is changing right now and, and people, a lot of people have a lot of uncertainty. So what would you say or encourage people that are out there that... Uh, uh, that, that they're wrestling and struggling to get clarity. Yeah, you know, I think over the last couple of years, we've all walked through a level of grief we've never known before. So we were grieving what was, we were grieving what could have been, and we were grieving the moments that we felt like somehow we lost. Uh, but the good thing about uh, the Lord in all of this is he's remained faithful, constant, steady and true to who he was and to his word through all of it. I love what Hebrews 13 and 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the world around us changes, but he doesn't. And one of the part of his nature is that he's a redeemer. And so he redeems time and redeems opportunity. You know, my mom was 84 years old. She had prayed me uh, out of hell and through the other side, prayed me through it and out the other side when I was dead after a suicide attempt and they said she might as well forget she ever had me. My mom prayed me back to life and, and uh, she was the greatest cheerleader intercessor I could ever have. And uh, the last two weeks of her life, I had the privilege of, of actually taking care of her, just staying with her 
24 seven with one of my sisters. And she would have these encounters at nightlife where she would draw me close. She would say like two 30 in the morning, son, come here, David, come here. I need to tell you something. And one night it was a revelation about the blood, just one drop of blood, just covering the earth. And she said, there's still power in the blood. And just one drop is enough to wipe away every sin. One drop is enough to cover every regret. And then one night she pulled me close and said, there's a war for this generation. And he, she said, people have said my generation's the greatest generation at World War II, that Great Depression era. She said, but the greatest generation is still yet to come. And that's the generation that's being born right now. It's those teenagers, it's the young adults, it's the ones being born right now. And that's why we have to be so engaged with them and cover them in prayer and plead the blood of Jesus over them. But probably, life, the greatest thing I, I saw, the wisdom I saw, I'll just say this, my mom, um, she carried, she allowed me to watch what Jesus said the kingdom of God looked like. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace enjoying the Holy Spirit. My mom wasn't perfect, uh, but she was one of the most righteous people I knew. She had a, this awareness of, of holiness and, and this awareness of God that wasn't legalistic. It wasn't religious. It was just, it was kind and it was real and it was true. And she had this uh, uh, peace that was past all understanding that there was no worry. There was no fear, even in the process of of cancer and, and going home. She never asked what if and how come this happened. She just kept her eyes. She just kept, she would just pause in moments and she was future fixed. She wasn't focusing on the past or any fear. She was just fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of her faith, fixed on the future. And she would stop in any given moment and go, can you imagine? I'm about to see him face to face. I'm about to see the lover of my soul. I'm so she lived present in, in the moment. She lived present while she was here, but she always lived towards eternity. I think I got a glimpse of it, that she wasn't just living towards eternity. She actually was living from it. The Bible says we're seated with Christ and in Christ in heavenly places. So we're in two places at once. We're in this eternal place and we're in this earthly place. And uh, that eternal place helps us to navigate all the stuff that happens here. But probably, Leif, one of the greatest things that happened one night, two nights before my mom went to be with Jesus, she drew me close and she said, son, forgive and forget, forgive and forget, forgive and forget. People say you can forgive, but you can never forget. But I learned how to do both. And I said, mom, how, how did you do that? She said, son, I'm, I'm aware of everything that ever happened to me. I'm aware of the times I was abused as a child, as a teenager. I was abused as an adult physically. All, she had all kinds of stories she could have shared she's I, I was i'm aware of everything that happened to me um but none of it compared to the love of god so i've just i said mama how did you do it she said i purposed in my heart to love people more than they could ever hurt me you know my mom led my my father my biological father to the lord on his deathbed just six weeks before he went home to be with the lord she, she led all of these people at different times she ministered love and forgiveness to them, those that had hurt her the most. And she stayed in this place of faith. And my mom went home on November 14th. Blessed Assurance was praying. We'd, uh, just that night, we'd been laughing. She was filled with the joy of the Lord. And when she went uh, to be with Jesus, I got this revelation that my mom died without any regrets. She absolutely had no regrets, and she had no debt. And it was this picture, I don't know how to explain it, 
but it was like the Lord over these 50 years of my life gave me an example that was quietly preaching the gospel with how she lived. It wasn't loud. She didn't preach sermons to me, but her life spoke more than a million sermons. Her, her prayers were quiet, but, and they were short often, but they packed power. And so I'm saying all of this to many of us that are navigating. The Lord's invited me before I even knew some of this stuff with my mom. Uh, two years ago, the Lord said, I'd like to invite you. Uh, in, I'd like to invite you into a life of no regrets. And I said yes to that because I don't want to have any regrets in my life. And so here's what I, I purposed in my heart is I would love like, my mother, I want to love people more than they can ever hurt me. I want to live each day towards eternity from eternity. But I also, in this season, I'm just purposing in my heart to make every moment count. And those things that I can't change, I just, I have to trust the Lord. You know, one of my other friends went home to be with the Lord recently. And, and, and their motto was simply this, uh, trust God and love people and live in integrity. And so I've watched all of these people who've gone on before laying down their life, quietly preaching with their life. You and I have a platform that's often in conferences and churches and social media and things. Uh, but this is a season of gleaning. I'll also say this to you, Leif. Um, I feel like that in, in this season of redemption that we're in, it's a Psalm 126 season. The Lord said, uh, the Bible says these words in Psalm 126, we were like those who dream when the Lord turned back our captivity. And I feel like we're living in a moment like that, that everything that's been held back or everything that's been almost felt like it's been pressed down or controlled or, or stopped or somehow we feel like we've been locked up. There's a release coming. The Lord's turning back our captivity. And this is what I really believe, that they'll say among the nations, the Lord's been good to them. And we'll say among the nations, the Lord's been good to us. And we are glad when you get to the end of that scripture, the end of Psalm 126, it said, those who sowed with tears will reap with joy and the reapers will overtake the sowers. I'm so excited to step into that season because you and I, Heidi, other people that run with us and that are in the kingdom right now, we've sown a lot of tears. We've seen a lot of stuff, not just through the COVID season, we watched friends lay down their life for the sake of the gospel. We watched people uh, uh, lay down their life and, and be martyred. We we watched all kinds of things, but on the other side of that, that which we sowed in tears, we're about to reap with joy, and nothing compares to that. I think there's wisdom in the words of my mother. Can you imagine? At any moment, I'm about to see him face to face, and she knew that that was going to be her final. You know, that was how her life ended. But that's also an invitation that we can live our life every day, seeing him face to face. I think sometimes we want to walk with the Lord hand in hand, sometimes shoulder to shoulder. Uh, but I really believe this. The Lord's calling us into that place of face to face and heart to heart and eye to eye, where we see him as he really is. We walk in agreement. I would say this. I, I know I'm answering long on a short question, but revelations flowing out of that. Uh, I feel like it's a season to see eye to eye with the Lord, which means come into agreement and align yourself with what God said. What you agree with, you'll align with. If I agree with the negative, if I agree with all of the, 
uh, all of this stuff that the world's throwing at me right now, I'll align with that. And it's going to skew my view of what he's called me to do in the world around me. But if I will align myself with what God is saying, I believe we'll actually see that we are living in the greatest time the earth has ever seen. We are living in days that I believe Paul the apostle would be jealous to be living in right now because there's it's such a harvest. People are so hungry. They're looking for hope. They're looking for answers. We're being called to be that. And so I would say this, that the secret of the season is just learning how to be. I know a lot of times the focus is on becoming and being trained and all of that's good. But when, when we just come to that place of just, just to be and to be with him, he takes care of the rest. And I'm finding such a joy and a peace and such an ease in that, that all we have to do is show up because the full grown Jesus is living on the inside of us. And when we bring him with us into every circumstance, situation, meeting, confrontation, wherever it is, Jesus steps in and he does what he does and he speaks what he speaks and lives are forever changed. And so uh, that's just a little bit, as you can tell, I'm a little bit stirred up uh, and I just love, I just love these moments. So cut me off if you need to. No, no, it's just so much life flowing out of and it's fresh what you're bringing. And one of the word I had that, and many of the people are aware of it on January 1st, when we were kind of right in the middle of a storm, he was showing me there's two storms. One is when Jesus says, let us go to the other side. And I think that's what you also saying. Here's what is the word of the Lord. But when he says, I'm going to take you to the other side. But at that moment, Jesus brings a pillow with him, knowing there's going to be a storm. And, uh, and it was just interesting. He brought a pillow with him. So intentionally, he decided, I'm going to rest in the middle of the storm, because where my father is, there is rest. So at that storm, there is a physical storm, and it's real for people. There's the emotional storm. The disciples were afraid. And then there's the spiritual storm that they've had. Where are you? What's going on? And I think that's what you're describing so beautifully, that he's just reminding me that Jesus is right there. He's not going to drown because he says, let us go to the other side. So he's going to take us to the other side. And why, if he is resting for us to learn to see what he is doing, to rest with him, and the second storm I felt is when we also have to learn to row against the wind. And that is when Jesus go up and pray for us. And he said, let's go to the other side. And both of them had very good results. And we did get on the other side. But that's kind of one is a storm and one is a serpent. So I feel while you were describing it, it was just giving us a clarity of how to navigate and how to be able to get us to the other side. Because on the other side, there's something at stake. One was a Jerusalem man that brought transformation. The other one was some amazing signs, wonders, and miracles. And, and I've seen both of those happening in my own life in this journey. So uh, I, I, I love just the hope that you're bringing, but also to give us a clarity how to navigate and to be present. And I, I, I started to weep when you talked about it because there's not too often I get to see my parents. And my mom is 78. My dad is turning 80 in April. And I'm heading down Tuesday to see them. And again, I just feel like this sharing this moment, even there, life is very frail in that sense. But as you're saying, it's to get all the nutrients that I can in this season of some of the people that I have a chance to be together with. Uh, what are some of the things that is taking place right now, just like in your family? And you mentioned you got a little grandchild here. And, and what's some of the difference there to see? I have not experienced it yet, but I'm ready for it. But I, I, one of the first things you told me was just, I'm a grandpa, and I saw something in you. What is the difference? I've heard people saying so many times, but that's just for me as a friend. What is the difference with your own kids and, 
a grandson. I wanted to hear how that feels like. <laughs> you know, when you watch there's no greater joy, there's no greater uh, there's no greater love that I've experienced in the natural for this amazing little boy who can't do anything for me. Now he's six weeks old, so he's smiling at me a little bit, and I love those things. But when you watch your children grow up and step into a new phase of, of, of bringing a life into the earth, for me, it was really special uh, because I just watched my mom finish her race, and I watched my grandson start his. A couple nights before my mother passed away, she, she said, she had a dream, and in the dream, my son handed her my grandson, Harrison, and she described him to a T, like perfectly the way, and talked about the peace that would be on his life, and, and it was an amazing encounter, and he came out looking just like she described, hair and all. It was beautiful, but in the night before she left, she was in this in and out, and she started laughing. She started giggling. She said, I see you, little one. I see you. And she said, you know, you're going to be loved a lot and all the attention, you're going to get all the attention and that's good. And I just wanted you to know you're loved and I welcome you to the family. And there was just this exchange that happened with like he was coming and she was going in the, in the spirit and it was this beautiful thing. And so that kind of set me up for this moment of this, this Christmas miracle that we, we received with, with my grandson. And what I love about it is it's the purest, it's, it's the most beautiful, purest thing. Like you just watch this life that is pure and innocent and fully reliant, doesn't have any fear because fear is learned, right? It just, all it has is trust. And from the moment he was born, you know, my, my son started talking to him and, and his head turned because he knew his father's voice. All he knew is I've heard that voice my whole life. And I'm, so I'm learning so many things like that. I'm, I'm experiencing and encountering so many beautiful things like that uh, just in this life. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. But the, on the other side of it, in, in being a grandparent compared to being a parent, I have all of the privileges and none of the responsibilities. <laughs> I, I have influence, but I don't, I'm, I don't have, you know, everyday authority. So I can bring insight. I can bring, you know, revelation. I can bring love. I can speak identity, but it's like receiving an inheritance. And, you know, I get to hold him till he, he, he needs to go, you know, he messes up his diaper and then I get to hand him to a parent. They get to change him. And, um, and so my mom once said these words, she called one of my kids grandma's payback. <laughs> and then the other one, she, she, you know, she said, if I knew grandkids were so great, I would have had them first. Now, I don't know how that happens, but there's just a love that is so extravagant. And, um, you know, it's it's something. And the first time I got to hold them on Christmas Eve, we just locked eyes. And it was like, uh, it was just like this, this exchange. Like I knew I was holding a prophet in the making, one that God was sending that had my, my a similar anointing, but had his own personality and calling and we get to help him discover that and, and walk that out and so it, it's a beautiful thing I, I love being a, a grandpa I, I find myself 
actually walking through the store and finding things and buying things that he can't even wear yet. They're too big for him uh, and something that he may need, but he might not even need it for 10 years, like a fishing pole. You know, it's like he's got to have it right now. <laughs> and uh, there's there's nothing like it. When you experience it, you'll feel a love like you've never felt before. And it, it's the kingdom. It's, it's, it's you know, the walking through what I've walked through in my life, watching the Lord break off generational curses and curses are to three and four generations, but the blessings of God to a thousand generations. So I'm watching one and two generations of the blessing, one and two generations of, of generational blessings begin to kick off and to realize that everything that I fought in the spirit, my kids and my grandkids won't have to fight in the flesh. And uh, that's, that's an amazing, amazing revelation. Like, thank you, God, for the way you redeem things, you know. And um, that's what I see every time I get to hold them and, and see them and spoil them. And, uh, you prophesied a little bit over me uh, about weddings earlier. And uh, I don't know if you're aware that Courtney is getting married in July in Norway. So, we, oh. so we're actually going to meet again. He, they were over for Christmas but our future son-in-law, we're going to see him next week. Courtney is in England right now. And so we're going to have another getting married. And so we're also seeing that the, what is happening with our family is so beautiful uh, in, in every angle. And then I was thinking about also, I was going to ask you, because everyone that is watching here, they know Papa Jack. Be my spiritual papa. And I had the honor for 21 years of pretty much every single day and walking with him, as well as having Mama Frida here now we almost see her every day when we're at home and uh, to be able to both to take care of her and walk with her and continue this journey. I was just curious for you because I know what influence or uh, what did you get from Papa Jack? Because I know, I still remember when you guys connected the first time and, and what value do you see of having spiritual fathers? Because I know the value it's had in my life, but I know that Papa Jack also ministered to you. So I just was curious just about your I, I, we have not, I don't even think we've talked about Papa Jack's upgrade and just, uh, and who he was to us. No, he was this, uh, he was one of the most powerful men I knew that was like a, the love that he carried was fierce. And the thing about him was intentionality. He was intentional to seek people out. But if you wanted to really connect with him, you had to be intentional to seek him out. And I think he was teaching us something in that. Like so many times, I think we take things for granted. We take even people for granted when actually we need to pursue things. And so I learned that from him. I learned just this boldness and this ability to, to, to believe God and to ask God things. You know, he came into my life after my spiritual dad went home to be with the Lord and lost my, you know, my, my stepdad, who was really great and kind to me, went to be with the Lord. And he said, it's not wrong to miss your dad. And it's not wrong to ask the Lord to give you another one. And if you want me to be that, I'll be that. And it was, again, just the kindness, the goodness of God, that he knew exactly what I needed when I needed it. And although, you know, uh, Papa Jack was only in my life from 2000 and and 15 to 2021, there was something that got deposited on the inside of me. I think his love for the word, uh, the way that he prayed, the, the way that, again, 
live towards eternity that he could say more in 30 minutes than most of us can say maybe in three hours now. And um, there, there was just that ability that was just magnetic towards the presence of, of the Lord. And what you saw was what you got. And so that was genuine and it was authentic. And uh, I'll never forget the first word I gave him, which he's getting to the age where he can say whatever he wants to. And I think we all wish we did. I all wish I, I would have put different parameters around it because he, he did take his liberty uh, in some of that. But that's one of the things that I loved about him as well. You didn't have to wonder what he thought because he said it. And so what, what he said he meant and what he meant he said, but his faith was lived out. And I, I, I think that in many ways, he, he had an, the anointing similar to what Abraham had. He was willing to leave everything he knew at various times, whether it was tradition or where he, you know, where he grew up, to actually look for the city whose builder and maker was gone. And I think he demonstrated what it was like to be able to be intimate and manly at the same time. There was this, you know, there was this, you know, manly side of him, that, but there was also just this tender side. And uh, I gleaned a lot from that. I, I learned a lot in just a short amount of time. And he believed the word of the Lord. He grabbed a hold of it, wouldn't let go of it. And um, what, I what I'm thankful for is that, you know, the word doesn't, over our life doesn't leave with us. It actually gets passed on. So you're a seed, I'm a seed. Pastor Bill's a seed. Other people that viewed him as a dad were those seeds and that continues to flow and to flourish. Um, uh, and, and so uh, I think again, and what you said about just being present, you know, going to see your parents. The time I had with my mom was some of the most holy that, that I've ever had. I was just talking to her sister, my aunt today, and she's still talking about it three months later. Like that was some of the most joyful time, happy. And, and we only have this one life. And so you know, I think we should major on the things that matter and those things that try to tear us apart, differences. We, we just need to let that stuff go and put it under the blood because uh, we've got this one life. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So we need to make the most of today in every relationship. And just a few things I learned from, from Papa Jack and uh, in this season as well. Tell me, uh, what about some of the fun moments we've had together? Do you have any memory stones from some of our journey and some of the things that we've experienced together? That is uh, <laughs> <up> to your mind. <laughs> you know, um, there is that time uh, in Atlanta uh, where we all ended up in a, in a big old pile. <laughs> it was me, you, and Papa Jack, and Paul, and uh, Bishop Garlington. Just the love of God, power of God just crashed in on us, and we all ended up in that power. And then there's a the time in Colorado where just that Saturday night of a kingdom family gathering where just the, the presence of the Lord, and we just worshiped, and I danced, and even came out as, as, as Dave the rapper, dad the rapper. And uh, I'm not saying it was good, but it was fun. And just the times of, of being together. Uh, I don't think I've ever been in a moment or a time with you uh, where both of us uh, didn't shed tears and didn't laugh, didn't feel the presence of God. And I, I think, you know, when you've walked through what you've walked through in life and I've walked through what I've walked through in life, Sometimes the only way, the only way to express what we feel, what we hear Papa say is, is through those tears. And, and um, that covenant heart uh, means the world to me. And, and just the, 
the laughs, you know. I remember one time in the hotel where we, we went from, uh, I think we went from Brisbane to Sydney and we had an overnight and we just, I think we stayed up to three o'clock in the morning laughing and telling jokes and we'd both been upgraded and, and you know, and just the, just going back and forth and doing life together. And, uh, you know, Mama Jen as well, she's provided me with some great laughs, but also some, some wisdom. And, uh, and, and, and that, you know, is, is worth more than, than anything to me. It's this thing called relationship. Um, right. That's, I think that's what people see. Sometimes they can see us on a, uh, they, people can see us on a, a podcast. They can see us on a stage, but they don't realize that we actually do life together, especially what, and right. Waffle house. We have a love and affection for waffle house. Yeah, we do. We do. And, uh, I even thought about when I first met Molly uh, and, and also your kids and during my time up there in Franklin and how quickly we connected and just the relationship that happened. And so that was, that was fun. I still remember, I can see your son in the classroom sitting where he was sitting. And, but I, even there in the spirit, how, how quickly uh, that, yeah, it, it was like I had known them all my life. So I, it's just been, and the way that you also added value to all of my kids. So it's a family thing. And we talk about now Papa Jack and your mom and talk about parents. We talk about grandkids. We're talking about family. And this is pretty much what we have been all about. It's uh, is kingdom family, both natural family, but also our spiritual family. And we do family together. We do life before ministry. We, uh, we don't have a hook in what we're doing. So that's what's been so precious to me because so many places that we go, we, we are value based upon our gifts and what we do instead of who we are. So that's, that's what I love about you. And I can be open. I can be raw. I can share my breakthrough with you, but also my breakdowns. And, and we've done that. We walked together and we both have a limp the way we walk. So that means that. <laughs> so, so I enjoy that because uh, I trust people that walk with a limp. That's a John Wimber saying, but I know that uh, if, if I just knew all of your successes, and you just knew my success. So that sometimes when we have difficulty, it's hard to relate. But we've both been there on a Friday when it seems like everything is dying. But we've also been on Sunday. Yeah. And we know after Friday, there's always a Sunday. And we have had a Saturday between. And that's kind of a big yeah. season we've been in. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's the beautiful thing of, of, of doing life with people that you realize that what you're a part of is bigger than the part you play. Yeah. And and, and when you get that revelation and you realize that your win is my victory and my, my win is your victory. And if you're going through it, I'm going through it because we're connected and we're often, I don't think people understand that either. You know, when, because we're connected, we're fighting the same battles. They it may be coming a different way, but we're all walking through those things uh, together, fighting the same demons because we're all intertwined. But on the other side of it, there's great victories that we get to, to, to relish in and to, to enjoy because we've been through it together. And uh, there's something, I don't know why, but I've been feeling in my spirit that you're supposed to release something over family, but it just, I know in this season, there's been a major attack against family and all we are sitting here yeah. talking about the connection of what family is doing. And so I just sensing that the enemy has been trying to divide what the father's trying to unite, including I was just with some, pastors and leaders were they not even allowed to see their kids or grandkids because of COVID? Did you get the vaccine or no vaccine? There's been so much of this division I've heard 
And in the middle of all of that, I think that God is just going to give us a fresh new baptism of love and some of the division that has been there. I know even while you have been talking, it's part of my tears that there's some people that I'm going to reach out to right now because of this fresh revelation of uh, we need to get over some of the things that is going on and be connected. There's, there's a bigger picture in here, and there's an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly in what's going on. So I just sense, and if you wouldn't mind, I just sense that there's people out there right now that just need to experience some of this life. But I see he's restoring families, restoring generation. There's something that God is doing, and I sense that you have an anointing. I've been just feeling wave after wave as you are sharing that there's a fresh anointing for you to, to, to bring this unity that I know that Jesus is praying for us and experiencing right now. Yeah. You know, the last chapter and verse of the Old Testament says, and afterwards I'll send one with the spirit of Elijah and he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to children and children back to the fathers. And I just believe that this is not just a turnaround moment, but it's a turning of the heart moment that really this season that we've been in and uh, in, in the world, but also in the church has been really about the heart, not been so much about all the other stuff, but it's actually about hearts being revealed and hearts being exposed. But now I believe the Lord is about to release the balm of Gilead and about to release a healing to the hearts. I feel like the Lord is healing the hearts of fathers right now who feel disconnected. I feel like the Lord is healing the hearts of children who feel like they've been put on the, on the altar of sacrifice for ministry. I feel like the Lord is healing marriages right now because there's many times where it seems like marriages, even in, in and around ministry, are under attack. I believe the Lord's healing uh, the family because that's what uh, the Lord is about. And I, I feel like, you know, we've heard the word that this next move of God is going to be in the family. And, and so I just believe that the Lord is doing that right now. I felt like the Lord is, is actually going to allow a prodigal son to watch this podcast. And I feel like that you've had so much church hurt. You love God, but you're angry at the church. And I feel like that you've slipped into a state of depression, which has led to self-medication. And that's added a level of shame. And the Lord's really about to break the shame and the, the control off of that. And I feel like there's about to be a healing in your house, that, that, that it's family first above ministry. And the Lord is taking, I saw just the Lord removing families off of that altar of sacrifice. And, and I felt like the Lord was focused. He's about to bring healing to our sons and to our daughters. I feel like there's a pastor or actually multiple pastors watching one. I feel like that you've been controlled by your board. And it's like all of this pressure, it's performance pressure, and it's really... Um, cause you to go inward and you just feel disconnected and there's times you want to even resign but the Lord is about to rearrange and move some people uh, even in a deacon board that's trying to control you and I saw that controlling spirit being lifted off of you I feel like there's multiple uh, pastors and leaders watching and you've already written resignation letters and it's like you've written it and you put it in the drawer you've written it rolled it up and thrown it into the garbage bin and I saw them just taking these letters and just uh, a resignation and just actually shredding them right now in the name of Jesus, that the Lord's not changed his mind about you, that there's coming a healing to your family, a healing to your heart. And you aren't alone. You aren't alone. I walk through it. I have friends that have walked through it. And the enemy tries to isolate 
Right? The enemy goes to and fro the earth looking to see who can devour. He can't get all of us, so he's trying to isolate the one of us that's broken, wounded, or weak in the moment. But the Lord's about to rally the family of God. And there's healing coming. There's friendship coming. There's spiritual mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and friends. They're going to wrap their arms around you because we need you. And I, I just feel like there's a wholeness coming. I feel like there is about to be just the Lord healing hearts, but he's calling the church back to wholeheartedness again. And I just felt like that we are living in a time where we're actually, because of the longevity of life and different things, that we can actually see five generations worshiping at the same time, actually five generations of a, of a great grandparent, a grandparent, a parent, a child, and, uh, and, and another generation, five generations worshiping in the same place. I, I believe with all my heart, we're stepping in to a generation of grace that the greatest generation is coming, just like my mother prophesied to me uh, on, uh, from her deathbed. And I just feel like many of us, that's the war we're facing right now because the enemy would like to take out our family while we're winning the world to ruin our testimony. But the Lord is about to actually raise up, bring healing to the family, raise up the family together to demonstrate uh, the kingdom of God and its righteousness and its peace and its joy. And the Lord's about to fill your house with laughter again. Even what I was saying earlier about Psalm 126, I heard that sound of laughter. We are like those who dream. And the Lord's turning back our captivity. And I'm telling you right now that there's a joy that's coming in the morning. There is a breakthrough encounter coming right now. I release refreshing. I break the spirit of depression off of people watching today. I break the lie uh, that this world would be better without you. I feel like there's even uh, some pastors and leaders watching today, and you've been wrestling the spirit of suicide. And the Lord is, is he's breaking it off with the sword of the Lord today. And I saw him just embracing you, bringing you into, into his heart. And I know that sometimes the warfare is because of the calling, but the Lord, again, isn't going to let you be a casualty of the ministry. I felt that really strong today. The Lord is healing the casualties of ministry, the casualties of life. And there's healing coming. There's a healing balm flowing over us right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release that healing anointing and grace over everybody watching this. And, Lord, I pray right now that you would activate, you would come, you would wrap your arms around your sons, around your daughters. Lord, I break off that spirit of performance and perfection and comparison that's tried to sneak into churches and families. And, and Lord, I pray right now that you would bring us into a season of completion and wholeness. Lord, I pray right now for those grieving that, Lord, you said that you give beauty for ashes. Lord, you said in, Lord, in Isaiah chapter 61 that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, to declare that, Lord, you've given beauty for ashes, and you turn uh, mourning into dancing, sorrow into joy. And so, Lord, I pray right now for that psalm, uh, that Isaiah 61 one anointing to just flow through this podcast today, to flow through to your people, that you would minister life and life abundantly, that Lord, right now, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, that Lord, they would feel the embrace of your heart, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I felt like there's, the Lord showed me like these pieces of, of linen, they were like torn, like they were just, you know, pieces of scrap. Uh, linen and he began to sew them together 
And, and it was like, it was the remnant that was being sewed together. And out of that remnant, the Lord was creating this beautiful tapestry, this beautiful uh, new garment. And I feel like many of you right now, out of the brokenness, you're about to find yourself connecting in places and with people you never would have had access to or, or that thing in common. And that, that remnant is being sewn together into this beautiful tapestry in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For anyone that is watching right now, you can just even sensing, I feel just that there's this hope that is taking place where hope deferred that has made your heart sick. But today you're going to start to desire again and dream again because it is the tree of life. So I just wanted to honor, uh, first of all, thank you so much, David Wagner, for just releasing life over us, releasing hope. You have ministered to me today and uh, and again, brought you sharing your tears in regard to the loss of your mom, but also to remind us that let the eternal become our internal, and it will change everything. When the eternal is becoming our internal, that's going to be the North Pole that changes and navigates us through everything that is happening. So I'm just blessing everybody that is listening here and is watching. I encourage you even to share this. If you have a pastor or pastor friend or any leaders or or anyone that needs, maybe a prodigal son. We heard some other words, but just take and share this with somebody because uh, I do know that it is going to produce life and life abundantly as they're just tapping into the grace that is available. That it's not going to be good days or bad days, but only grace days. And sometimes we need a grace to enjoy and other times the grace to endure, but there's going to be grace, grace, grace available in this season. So, David, I love you. I look forward to either I have to come to Franklin or you have to come uh, to Atlanta. We, we, we need to connect. Uh, I think the last couple of times when I've been up there in Franklin, you have been out of town. Or, so kind of hit and miss each other. But I miss you. I miss to give you a hug and just a little bit of lovings and having a good meal together and just do life. So let's do that. Let's do that. And uh, sooner than later. And uh, I totally agree. I love you, my friend. I love you and thank you so much for this and send my love to Molly and to the family. And again, congratulations with a little grandson. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.